Hi, welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour. Uh, it seems like you guys really liked our previous uh, career, like job hunting FAQ. So we decided to do another one, but um, more focused on startups, like how to build your own startup. Uh, yeah, so we'll start with the first question. Our co-founders will very kindly answer. Um, so how do you begin and how much time do you need to invest in building a startup? Well, these uh, are actually questions you go by. My friends. Oh, okay. Yeah. Our, our, our fan base. Our <laughs> fan base. <laughs> Thank you very much for the questions. Yeah. Um, no, it is a good question. And it's, uh, you know, I think in previous episodes I already mentioned, it took me maybe eight to ten years after I graduated to really think this through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to begin, it has to be about your own kind of motivation. Uh, some people say your own vision, but I like it a bit more grounded, like motivation and what kind of inspires you and what gives you energy. Um, what do you wake up? I mean, this is a really like benchmark thing, but what do you wake up in the morning thinking about most of the time? I think that's, that is a good uh, uh, benchmark. Um, and it, I think that's where you begin, uh, your own motivation, uh, what, what you're good at doing, uh, what you enjoy doing. Uh, and then the third factor, I think, is whether that thing has a, a market uh, or a business angle. I think that's the thing that people um, probably bypass the most, uh, especially when you're young and you don't really know what you want to do and you also don't know what you know, the market or the world really needs in terms of a product or a service. In terms of the time, uh, I think you... I mean, it depends what you want to build, if it's a startup or a small business is different uh, because the way you grow the business is different but I, I do think it's something you need to fully dedicate to because I always say compared to a normal uh, standard job the barrier of entry to creating your own startup is actually quite low you just you, know, you just started you start a project but the barrier of entry to succeeding is extremely high I, I think it's much higher than the standard kind of corporate uh, uh, job so it's something that you need to make sure you you're ready to commit uh, full time. Another thing is at what stage of your life that's also a determining factor. Like how do you begin or how do you decide to to want to start something or your own or your own venture? <laughs> yeah. Whether you had enough of the corporate world <laughs> and also whether you find the right people to do this with you. Mm-hmm. I still remember that time when we were casually just having a drink at Brick House. Mm-hmm. And he told me about um, thinking of uh, doing starting this WNJ venture mm-hmm. idea, um, and then after that we had many rounds of conversations, and I think it was quite fruitful. I would say those mm-hmm. conversations and um, finding the right people to do it with you, complementing each other's skill set. Uh, that's also important. Of course, some people would rather do the do the do everything on their own, but I guess they're the people have a style of approaching. I think team is important. You, you have mm-hmm. to. It's rarely some. It's rarely there's a business where you can just go about it yourself. There are there are there are. Depends on scale of what you're thinking. But most yeah. likely, just for your just for your sanity's sake, you need something <laughs> to, to bounce off ideas and bounce off emotions that you go through. And um, yeah, that's something I do think I I personally do miss from having a 
uh, just a standard job where you, know, you don't have to worry about you know hiring the people that you just have a team. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the way this, the structure is, and you can you can bend. So we stop you from going crazy, basically. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you need to find someone who stops you from going insane and yeah, uh, managing the highs and the lows. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's really important. Uh, what are your thoughts on the so-called hustle culture that is often associated with startups? And like along with that, like what are some of the romanticized aspects of running a startup? My friends have very uh, enthusiastically uh, asked, <laughs> like if the K drama on Netflix, the really popular K drama on Netflix right now, startup, <laughs> is an accurate representation of startup life. Well, yeah, so there's two, that's why, I, again, I say we're talking about startups here. So um, uh, businesses that are designed to scale and grow really fast because generally they're backed by investor or venture capital mm-hmm. money uh, or family funds or angels, but they're with a view of you know, that company growing to uh, capturing the most market share in that market it could in the space of maybe three to five years. So by nature, it's going to be something that um, is tech-driven, and then you're going to be hiring a lot of people, you're going to be hitting milestones every six to 12 months. Uh, that's a startup. So that's not a small business. Like it's a small business, they start small, the startup can be small, a small business can be small. Uh, a small business, you're trying to strive for profit, basically from, from day one or month one and you're looking maybe not to scale, but just to make a profit. So say a cafe or, or a bar or a restaurant, that's a small business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless you have a way to really scale that up, most of the time that's a small business. A startup is you know, something like what mm-hmm. you know, they were talking on the show, which is you know, an AI-driven solution that you can apply to a lot of different business use case and applications. So mm-hmm. that's the definition. So I think in terms of the hustle culture relating to startups, I think there is this there is some element of truth in it because that's just how the strategy of the company will be run. Um, you know, as someone who might be joining one uh, from an early stage of your career, mm-hmm. uh, it's um, it will be fast. Uh, you see a lot of. I think most of the time, there's a lot of employee turnover um, mm-hmm. and new people join. Uh, either people leaving or a lot of people joining, and that does speed up the pace of, I guess, what you do that changes the culture of your mm-hmm. uh, of your work environment. That's probably the biggest thing uh, for someone who may be starting early. Um, and then if you're a founder or if you're an aspiring founder, yeah, do do be expected to change in other modes because at the start you'll find that if you're starting from the beginning, you'll be looking for uh, obviously the first validation, whether that's from an investor or your first business contract or your first user. So your mindset is really build a product very quickly, test it, refine it. So you're in a very product mindset at the start. Um, but then when you move on, uh, you know, maybe when it's once you have a you know, nice product, you're really trying to scale it, so then you become in this sales mode. Um, so your mindset has to be, you change, that changed almost, I wouldn't say overnight, but over a very short period of time. Uh, and then if you get past that, if you're lucky enough to get past that, you become in operation mode where, you know, you know you're, you're getting big, you capture the market share. Now it's about fine-tuning the costs and everything else. Mm-hmm. So your mentality kind of changes. Uh, and that's very unique, I think, to startups because, mm-hmm. say, if you're in a corporate job, I mean, your role may increase or expand as you go up, yeah. but your mindset doesn't change that much. So then right. there's less element of that type of hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I think that probably might take on the hustle culture. What do you I think? <clears throat> I think if you're passionate about a particular new product or service enough, you will automatically kind of become that hustle culture mm-hmm. because you want to launch it or like change your work as quickly as possible. Um, but just hearing from what you said just now, um, do you think um, the hustle culture is also uh, is driven by um, investments? I think it speeds it up, definitely. Because you want because you need to meet certain milestones. Because you need to meet certain milestones and the nature of investment is usually to cover a certain period of mm-hmm. cash burn. Mm-hmm. So basically, startups usually operate such that you're not making profit. So mm-hmm. you're just spending cash that investors invest in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and investors only invest maybe 12 to 18 grand. So you only have that time to prove certain yes. milestones. So naturally, then the whole, mm-hmm. everything in your daily work life mm-hmm. is driven by this mm-hmm. strategic kind of direction. So, I think yes. So and a lot of time, I think it's because we are also testing the way you do things in a new venture. Yeah. So there could be a lot of trial and error. Yeah. So you need to like pivot fast. Yeah. I think. Yeah. That's why you need to keep you know hustling. Yeah. I mean, they always say like, oh, fail fast, and mm-hmm. just learn from it. Um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes they will emphasize the failing part. I mean, it's good to fail and stuff like that. I think failing is the starting point. Uh, but if you don't learn from it and then succeed, then there's really yeah, mm-hmm. not much point. Uh, no so, point in failing. No point in failing. <laughs> yeah, so, I think that also is mm-hmm. a fundamental difference to say yeah. a standard job. Yeah. yeah, the mindset is so different. Right? You're, yeah, you don't want to make a lot of mistakes when you're mm-hmm. working with a company because they have a set of rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's also different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of the, the, the clips that you guys just saw for the Netflix drama, uh, I actually thought uh, it's quite well done for uh, for TV yeah. series, yeah. for TV series in general. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think it captures maybe, I mean, it cannot capture the full details, obviously, of how it really works because then it becomes too boring. It has mm-hmm. to balance between the entertainment and the, the facts. Mm-hmm. I think it's done that quite well. Like the pitch scene that you've done there, um, yeah, I, I actually feel through something similar like that, uh, mm-hmm. especially because I notice the details, like especially when they have that clock counting down. Mm-hmm. That, that thing actually gives you the most stress because mm-hmm. you, you actually like, yeah, I've got to finish mm-hmm. um, with zero left because mm-hmm. you don't want to. I mean, a lot of people don't want to finish like, oh, I still got 30 seconds that I feel like I should say something. But mm. if you don't finish, then it's really bad as well. And you get cut off. Mm-hmm. Um, so little details like that I thought was pretty good. She obviously did a, as I said, like... It's through practice, right? Mm-hmm. Usually through practice that you can try to deliver the message you want to deliver within that certain time frame. Yeah. I mean, th- that's a skill because you're facing mm-hmm. an audience. Mm-hmm. You're... Um, Obviously nervous because of all the build up. Yeah. Um, yeah. You feel like something's on the line, so you only have one chance. Uh, you know, you know there's going to be critical Q and A's coming mm. afterwards. So there's all this stuff building. High pressure. Um, so it gives you you give yourself pressure. Yeah. Um, and then you're trying to. I think the worst thing sometimes if you try to standardize a script and then just want to say it to the dot. So once you mm. um, kind of cut, go off it a little bit, mm. you kind of throw yourself off. But mm. you know, once you really 
I think internalized it is, and it's actually a very good skill to have. Mm-hmm. And just to be able to go up there and talk, I mean, you think about this stuff every day, anyway, mm-hmm. so it's almost ingrained in you. So um, I think that part of the show was mm-hmm. really uh, fun. Uh, the stuff that they show, mm-hmm. I mean, for the ones that, without, without spoiling too much, <laughs> you know, the, what do they call it, the sandbox thing, which is an incubator, mm-hmm. obviously is a bit, um, I mean, they show the really good elements of it, mm-hmm. like mentors are obviously Way, way more engaged in, in reality sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they obviously have an easy journey because that's how the story has to go, but I think the small details like the contract negotiations mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean, that's obviously that, that's a pitfall that I know some people would have fallen mm-hmm. into before. Like acquire? Yeah, Not specifically just that, but yeah, those kind of techniques where investors would. The details in the contract. Details in the contract. Mm-hmm. Investors are obviously going to look out for themselves because mm-hmm. they manage money for other people, but mm-hmm. you just have to empathize with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sad because that's actually, you know, the, the pitching part is really the fun part because it's mm-hmm. the build up. When it comes to the mm-hmm. contract, is when you succeeded or you had some element of success. That's mm-hmm. when usually your teams break up. Um, yeah, that sort of stuff. Because then there's something on the that at stake now, and mm-hmm. the dynamic changes. And a lot of startups don't survive because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I think the show does portray the whole journey quite well, mm. uh, from episode one to I think it's sixteen, um, mm. which is the last episode. Uh, I think it does it mm. Yeah. Can I ask you just like off tangent a little bit? Mm. WJ is not the first time to you, mm. but uh, when you were like signing contracts or agreements before, how did you analyze or study the contract? Because you never really had the well, besides like you know. I don't know when you're like renting an apartment mm. or, or like when you were like job hiring before mm. you kind of looked at contracts yep. but then when you're actually doing business kind of contract or agreements you never really had that experience before how did you come about that? I would like to listen to when they come to the TV Sorry, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think luckily, I honestly, I, I looked at a few more contracts during my work. Uh, oh, when we were doing banking, we, right, right, right. We right. lend money to people, and mm-hmm. then there's obviously there's a ton of contract mm-hmm. relating to like loan agreements, collaterals, mm-hmm. or security, or, mm-hmm. um, et cetera. So it's, uh, I guess that was a good experience. And although I did find that when I was doing that, it was more like, I would have to be more detail-minded mm-hmm. because my role was really to make sure there wasn't any loopholes, etc. Um, whereas here, I think I have to look at more the big picture because I'm, I'm making a decision. Yeah. Making, so I need to look at more the commercial and strategic elements first, mm-hmm. and then maybe I'll review a little bit of detail and get someone else to mm-hmm. look over other stuff. So yeah, I think the strategy is really to step back from, I mean, people get thrown off when it's like out of the term sheet or, Mm-hmm. Or like a contract, and then right. um, you don't really know where to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you just start with just the commercial terms. What are you trying to get out of it? Mm-hmm. What have I got to win, or what have I got to lose? Mm-hmm. And those are always the benchmark. Mm-hmm. And then when you have those things in mind, read the contracts to see whether those you know terms are actually mm-hmm. stipulated the way mm-hmm. um, they should be. Mm-hmm. I think that's the small kind of framework I used mm-hmm. to look into that. Uh, but have people help you. Mm-hmm. Definitely have, have, have yeah. lawyers to, to actually look at the legal terms, yeah, um, yeah. and then just even if you have partners again, that goes mm-hmm. back to your first yeah. answer. Yeah. The team, I mean, other people mm-hmm. should look at it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. even though they might not be, um, you know, as, as in the show, yeah. there's, there's a tech guy, but 
you know, he should look at it too, because it's it's relevant to to them too. It's good to have that up behind. Just to discuss it, just yeah. Yeah. And I think just in the meeting, you kind of get a sense of the person. I think that's also Mm -hmm. a good read. Mm -hmm. The contract is just an expression of what they want to get from you, Mm -hmm. or how they want to collaborate with you. So Mm -hmm. you can kind of get a sense just 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 knowing the person across the table. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you think of the of the show? Oh, in relation to how you perceive um, startup or starting your own. I've actually watched three episodes so far. I think in these three episodes, they really kind of talk about the background and the drives of the main characters, why they wanted to 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 build their own startup, and I think that was actually very very inspiring and touching for me. Yeah. But um, that's the core part of it. Yeah. They did it quite well to have a nice storyline behind mm-hmm. the motivation. But usually a lot of people in startup, they do have a reason. And I really admire people for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think, yeah, it's because I think one of the things they did, the, they write the motivation yes. on the little cards. Yeah. And the, the question is, I think I want to start a startup because... Oh, and I feel like... like yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's actually a really hard question to, mm-hmm. to answer. I was watching that show and it's like... I think I can think of a lot of answers <laughs> to it. Yeah. So um, it's about prioritizing what you want. Startups are often associated with younger people, i.e., millennials and Gen Z. Do many startups that you find, like other than this one, obviously, reflect this demographic? And if not, how do startups think about potential employees who are more like experienced mm-hmm. or advanced in their careers? Right. Yeah, I think back to the definition, I think because startups are generally tech-driven um, and technology has obviously advanced you know, very quickly in the last decade. So when you do associate a lot of you know, younger people are driving these, these are the computer scientists, these are the engineers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I agree with the first part of the question. Mm-hmm. Um, like with younger people. I think a lot of younger people drive it. Obviously when, um, when that ecosystem becomes as successful or publicized or, or profitable, then everyone jumps into it. I think that's the stage we are at, at the moment. There's some corporates that have mm-hmm. started, uh, you know, have startup exposures and um, mm-hmm. the old, older people like like ourselves, I guess, um, hey, jumping, jumping into this. Yeah. Yeah. We're still millennials, yeah. More experienced, more experienced <laughs> yeah. people um, um, going into it. Uh, and then I think that adds to it because then it redefines a little bit mm-hmm. what a startup should be like. It's, it's not mm-hmm. just like, you know, it's not just like in, in mm-hmm. like where she's showing the show, it's not just like, you know, a nice office with tables like moving up and down. <laughs> they have a lot, they have a lot in the show because I'm sure it's a diverse. Yeah. And, you know, table tennis, tables and consoles mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not, that's just. Uh, it's like a Facebook office. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I think the early successes had built that vision mm-hmm. and then it was. The vision, yeah. vision mm-hmm. of free, free flow yeah. beer. Yeah, you know But I think it's changed now. I do think it has changed now because because more experienced people, mm-hmm. because just you mature as an industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has become. I mean, I think the, the most important thing is it does give employees a lot more freedom compared to a traditional job mm-hmm. um, so that's the most important thing and everything else that manifests out of that mm-hmm. is, is, is just 
a song, mm-hmm. kind of set, like a song, a little a part of it. Mm-hmm. So um, I do think startups like obviously hiring more experienced people. I think the other way to look at it is whether experienced candidates will consider joining mm-hmm. a startup. Mm-hmm. It's too it's a bilateral thing yeah. because of the compensation, pay, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, pay. Uh, pension, mm-hmm. you know, all the health benefits, um, prestige. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the, mm-hmm. I think it's a two way thing as well. More and more, I would say people experienced are considering or have considered already because there are success mm-hmm. cases. You see your ex colleagues jumping into it. Um, I think that's a trend that's going to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which is good for, I think. Uh, grads or young professionals because they then also get a chance to work with pair up with experienced people. Mm-hmm. Then you can kind of the best environment is to learn the best of both worlds obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kind of innovative driven nature of a startup and the kind of business commercial maturity of you know a corporate. Mm-hmm. I mean if you can bring the two worlds together I think you have mm-hmm. a lot of successes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also just to add on to the younger people uh, doing startup I think it's also because a lot of what well, that would happen about like maybe for the past ten years, a lot of them started as bankers, and they kind of know like how the financial aspect the deal is done put together. So um, a lot of them were like, oh, sick and tired of that. So they want to do something on their own because they see so many people like new businesses trying to to have these kind of deals, and then they know that they can. Do it themselves too. Oh right. I have a feeling that's like part of the reason why there's like a search of new startups growing in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also in terms of the more experienced people, I think they can still participate in the ecosystem by becoming mentors. Just like in the show as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of people, a lot of the older older characters, they're not really part of the startup builders. Mm-hmm. They are mentors or the they, they work in the incubator to, to advise how yeah. the people without the business experience how to think in a more commercial sense. So yeah. It's funny you say that because in the, in the show it, they had this uh, section where the guys from the VCs don't want to be the mentor oh. for the program and uh-huh. then obviously then one of the guys did because, because he was interested in the girl. Uh, <laughs> Um, but then his, he, he, like, he just palms it off to his staff if he doesn't like it and then when he likes it, he's like, take off the top, let me, let me go in there. <laughs> There's a lot of other scenes in the, in the oh, show. Oh, so I, like, yeah, but... I actually think that's interesting, but then it's... Uh, I was like, take off the top. <laughs> no, 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 like he should be doing it and then uh, he doesn't want to do it, he just pumps it off. Um, uh, because traditionally they don't want to do it because it's not related to the deal. And it's, mm. uh, they actually mentioned that it's really painful because you're like basically mm. teaching someone who doesn't know anything almost. Mm. Uh, do they get paid for mentors? Um, I mean, most of these oh. don't. Oh, I mean, right. they, I don't know about the show, but right. most of them don't. Uh, uh-huh. The only kind of upside they have is obviously they can. Uh, filter the deals or mm. scan the good deals mm-hmm. early on mm-hmm. and then once you build a relationship then you can you get invest in them later on when they're already um, and that's the theory of it I, I know a lot of people who don't like doing that because you know they go in as investors they're not educators mm-hmm. so it's very rare to find investors who are also educators mm-hmm. uh, at a kind of middle I'll call it middle management mm-hmm. sort of 
you know, semi-senior level, like the guys who are at the top mm -hmm. really likes to educate because mm -hmm. I think when you go through the whole process, you want to give back. Mm -hmm. When you're in the middle, you're trying to hustle up, mm -hmm. even as investors, mm -hmm. you just want to do deals. We want to make money, right? right. So it's always that. Mm -hmm. That's sort of, it's like corporate as well. It's always the senior management who spends time. I, I found it really surprising when I worked in, in one of my previous companies. Mm -hmm. and it's literally like the most senior people would spend an hour of you talking about um, just, just stuff. Career. Career, yeah. like life. Like, life. like honestly, just the side. I was like, <laughs> you know, they, they always like, wow, but the most friendly people are actually the people who are most senior. Or um, more what? The most friendly or uh -huh. the most kind of approachable people sometimes uh -huh. in the company are the people who are most senior. Uh -huh. And I'm working in a company that has like, I mean, it's not massive, but it has like 60,000 or 70,000 employees. Mm -hmm. right? So if you're meeting like basically the top 10 or 15 people and they are like super open, mm -hmm. and obviously you can't approach them all the time, but when mm -hmm. they give you 40 minutes, they actually give you a good 40 mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. um, Whereas I think sometimes in the middle you're like yeah. you're thinking yeah. about other things, right? You're not you're as, thinking about yourself. You're, you're not as comfortable when you're yeah. you know, you're not as comfortable. Everyone's a competition. Yeah, <laughs> why am I talking to you? There's yeah, a lot of those things. Yeah. And I, I found that I really dislike that middle part, mm -hmm. but I kind of recognize why it was like that. Mm -hmm. um, and you can't change it in that um, system. Mm -hmm. So so then I do that's why I think it's a good advice when and you're really right, if, if you're a startup and you're young, mm -hmm. do find a good mentor because the fact that, like, despite what I said, I think mm -hmm. the guys who, you can feel it, like the guys who put their time to do something like mentorship, and if you have a conversation and they're genuinely interested in who you are, mm -hmm. that's a good start. Like mm -hmm. those people are like really hard to find, so mm -hmm. um, don't take them for granted just because they seem more friendly. Like a lot of people think because people are more aloof, mm -hmm. they are more, I don't know, they are better. Mm. But this is, I don't know, this is a weird mentality that I find. It's like the harder to get, it's like the more valuable. But actually, if you think back to it, like this guy is really approachable and he's mm -hmm. just as smart, if not smarter. Have you come across anybody like that in Hong Kong? You mean like the mentor side? Yeah, the, a good mentor. There are people who gave me insights, yeah. but then I don't think it was more like a mentorship model. It's mm -hmm. probably more like a sharing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it's because I was, when I did my startup, I was already quite old. Um, prep talk, but also just sharing. I mean, some people are really good at sharing. Well, we're not that old, man. Quite <laughs> <laughs> a side chat with the grandkids. Um, well, I think that I, I, I haven't came across a lot, but I do mm -hmm. find inspiration in talking with people which is been through. I value experience. Mm -hmm. uh, and I value people who have experience but don't really use that uh, as a point of authority. Like, mm. I, I like people like that. Yeah. Um, they, they are not respectable. I ask because I realized that maybe people in Hong Kong are not as willing to share. I don't know. I'm just overgeneralizing here. Mm. No, I do feel that yeah. too. Like, yeah. like, I think it's more of a social like culture. Mm -hmm. Just this, like Hong Kong society in general mm. is like very much like stranger danger. You know? like, mm. Yeah. They think it's not a smart thing to do. Because like everyone's out Everyone's there for it. themselves. Mm -hmm. Why are you sharing all your secrets to, yeah. to this yeah. person? Who can just take it to someone else? And, yeah. um, I never see it like that, but mm -hmm. I can see why. But that, the, thing, That's the, culture. the thing we learned in an entrepreneurship class in MBA mm -hmm. is that in this entrepreneurial culture, you should not be like that. Mm -hmm. Because sharing helps grow this business building experience or journey for everybody and 
you must at a certain level ready when you're you're comfortable enough to launch something. So it's okay to share. People are not gonna like steal your idea or anything like that, right? So I yeah, think, I mean it's hard to say sometimes, but <laughs> I'm contradicting myself. But <laughs> but sometimes I real I think like it's good to share the knowledge just to just you know we never know like. I, I personally would feel happy to see somebody successful, still somebody successful, succeed as well. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know. Sure. I don't know. Sharing is caring. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think so because I think people put way too much value on ideas. That mm-hmm. like, I mean, a lot of people come up to me and be like, "Hey, don't tell anybody about this idea." But mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking of doing this, and I'm like, well, "I've heard this like about five times in the last." Last like two months already. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone has ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the next the next phrase is always like, oh, it's the execution that matters. Exactly. But I think people don't put enough thought into what makes a good execution. Like, mm-hmm. We should be talking more about that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are mm-hmm. um, quite, as you say, protective of their idea. Yeah. I do think there there should be a balance though. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, like share your ideas with people who you value. Like their opinions mm. of, mm-hmm. um, but also don't like tell the whole world, mm-hmm. um, because I think is is less so like someone will steal your idea, but more like um, the more you talk about it, the less likely you're gonna actualize it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like if you say it so many times, mm-hmm. then it, it feels like you already did it, but you actually haven't done anything about it because oh. you spent more time talking about oh. it than you. Yeah. Than putting yeah. work into it. Yeah. Do work versus thinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. How much? Okay, it's just weighing that's the question. Um, weighing the importance of idea and execution. Mm. What do you think is the important value? What a number? <laughs> you want a number? <laughs> Imagine a pie chart. Percentage. <laughs> 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 an Excel document. <laughs> you want it to two decimal points. That's a good question. I mean, I don't, I don't want to undersell the, the importance of an idea. Yeah. But again, the idea has to be, you know, it has to fulfill mm-hmm. um, certain, how should I say it, certain values. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. To give you a short, like, a mm-hmm. breakdown, mm-hmm. I think a product and service has values to users and customers in three mm-hmm. different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, one, which is the way that everyone would think of immediately is functional, mm-hmm. or value as it had to me. Mm-hmm. And two, I think there's actually a cognitive part to it, like if something helps you to understand better, it's more like in the mind. Right? Mm-hmm. So you might buy something because uh, you think you learn something from it, for, mm-hmm. for, for example. Mm-hmm. So there's that part, and then there's an emotional part, which mm-hmm. is really big. It's like, um, mm-hmm. an example is why do people always invest in restaurants? Like, mm-hmm. and a restaurant is a terrible, not a terrible <laughs> business model, but especially somewhere like this. It's a tough business yes, model, but yeah. a lot of people, when you talk about, like, I'm going to start a business, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? I want to start a restaurant. Yeah. Like, I miss people, and that's emotional. A lot of it is mm-hmm. emotional. So um, I think an idea has to encompass these things. Yeah. So that's the importance of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I think to your question, I think execution is more important mm-hmm. because less people possess the ability to really execute successfully. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think reaching it to a good idea, you can kind of sit on a table like this mm. with a computer and mm. come up with something decent. Yeah. But to execute, you gotta go out there. There's a lot of uncontrollable factors. You gotta mm. have luck. You gotta have 
yeah. all this other stuff. So yeah. it's much less, it's much more out of your control. Yeah. So I do think it's uh, good execution of putting the right processes in place mm -hmm. to increase the chance of um, you know those uncontrollable factors mm -hmm. coming to your favor. Yeah. It's probably more important if yeah. that's how you define it. But again, just as a, as a final comment on this, like as a young star founder or aspiring founder, start with the idea, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, that's where it's the most exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, but don't forget about building the skills to execute. So this is like mm -hmm. communication, mm -hmm. um, you know, like stakeholder management, like just dealing mm -hmm. with, with people. Or even say if you're in university, there's mm -hmm. loads of like leadership roles you can take on mm -hmm. and play like like something like sports and music where there's a performance mm -hmm. um, element to it, I mm -hmm. think that's a great learning mm -hmm. because you know, you know when you succeed, you know when you fail, it's very mm -hmm. clear cut. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a ton of opportunities to, mm -hmm. to practice those skills as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, just like a follow-up question, I guess we touched on it a bit just now, like how do you think startups can do, like in general, uh, startups can do better when it comes to the welfare of their employees? with like, you know, limited resources as a startup, obviously. Ah, ah, ah. Well, fair. Is this a question from you? No. That's from my Like this does not happen in this startup, but in general, I have seen like a lot of, you know, unpaid or uh, just uh, just unpaid employment mm. in general. Like, and they mm. mask it as like, oh, it's an internship, it's an apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. um, well, whilst like, I mean, I know that that's uh, like it's tough. Like, like a lot of startups don't have a lot of starting money, so I guess mm. like. Um, but I guess just make sure that people who want to work for you are actually also like really eager and like don't do not take advantage of the unpaid aspect. Um, so like, cause I, I have heard a lot of my friends uh, have been asked to do a lot of things uh, that were beyond, I guess, the expectations of the job role. Like, yes, it's a startup, obviously you're gonna be hands-on with like bunch of stuff mm -hmm. no matter what role you have mm -hmm. but I think just like as long as the employer is empathetic and you know does, doesn't forget that you're human too mm -hmm. um yeah just just don't overload your employees like, especially if they're unpaid just make sure you guys are, are on the same page like if they're they're eager to work more then yes definitely like go for it it's also to the motivation of why you know, if you're taking on the internship, what's the, mm. you know, like we always discuss, what's the outcome that mm. you want? So I know, for example, using you as an example, I know you have a journalist career path you want to carve mm. out. So um, we try to obviously design a job scope to, to match that yeah, as much yeah. as possible. So I think that's something startups can be, when you're talking about welfare, like I think yeah. it's actually that, that's mm. a big, mm -hmm. you know, I think of it as welfare, but it's yeah. the well-being for what you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I think startups can obviously cater to that more than the standard job because mm -hmm. it's more flexible. Mm -hmm. and, but then on the flip side, you're right, it's the, the hours can, uh, the hours or the working conditions can fluctuate uh, mm -hmm. just because it fluctuates for the, most of the time for the families as well. Mm -hmm. So they naturally think, mm -hmm. I'm 
putting so much time into it, mm-hmm. you should be at least putting mm-hmm. you know a certain percentage of time into that. So like, it is a dangerous pitfall. So mm-hmm. um, I think there's certain ways founders can mitigate that. One is, I know it's nice to get free labor, but you know you, you, <laughs> should, you should you should pay. Mm-hmm. Like as you know, we always discuss that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not a, mm-hmm. um, you know it's not it's not going to be a lot of money because it's obviously in, internships and young starts. But so pay them what they should be paid. Um, and then the communication, I think it's uh, it's really important just to carve out like like we do sometimes just carve out some time to have a lunch or um, uh, we're really unique because we can talk like this as well, but just, <laughs> just to know just to know uh, hence as well as they ask me this question, um, just to know like where you're at. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that's that's yeah. important. I am very happy working. <laughs> Not just I think, because I think just, I'm just right? I think just give me the chance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sure I just got my pay today. So, last question: What are the highlights of your time as an entrepreneur and/or working at a startup? I wouldn't say pride, but like you would be very happy to start something from scratch. Mm. That's another sort of um, satisfaction you get that you wouldn't be able to get in, uh, if you're working in a corporate. Mm. Um, What's the difference looking to you? Like for, for starting something from scratch, is it just the feeling you can tell yourself that I did all this? And that, that sort of feeling? Or? Mm. Well, for me personally, mm. because I'm working in the family office, mm. so I always had that. Mindset, I don't know. I'm actually just as continuing, continuing somebody, something that my ancestors have built. Is it like a, so you, you feel like you're <laughs> a bit emotionally uh, detached from it because it lacks the element of ownership? Is that ownership? No, a little bit, a little bit, probably. Okay. And you know that if you, if, and I believe that I have the capability to change the world. Mm-hmm. One way or another, mm-hmm. and and you realize that maybe the resources given to you in the family office would may not necessarily be able to do what you want to do, mm-hmm. and this way I have more control mm-hmm. to 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 deliver what I want to do. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point because a lot of times people think, oh, because you say you're a family business or you're a next generation mm-hmm. entrepreneur, you get. A lot of upsides. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you do. Mm-hmm. You do get certain upsides. But I think there's, uh, which is why the reason I mentioned that is because that's the most valuable part of being an entrepreneur, a self-start one, mm-hmm. is the freedom to do what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's massive. I think that's mm-hmm. just huge. That's probably the most valuable asset that you can gain. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, that's mm-hmm. why I chose entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And yes, you lose the brand, you lose the structure, you lose the, mm-hmm. the, the resources and all of that, mm-hmm. but. You do get to do things your own way, so you know you're accountable for all the successes and all the failures, mm-hmm. yeah, which which I like. So mm-hmm. that's just the type of personality that I am. So that that would be my highlights. Just every part of the business is, is a highlight, even even the failures or even the, the hardship, because you're driving your own story. This is mm-hmm. almost like you're creating your own story. It's like it's a kind of creator mindset mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. um, rather than being just a character in someone else's story. I think that's probably one way. I've never put it that way before, but I think that's one mm-hmm. way. Um, that's why entrepreneurship is not for everybody. Exactly, and it's fine. I mean, it doesn't have to be. I mean, just back to the question that the mm-hmm. you know, name asks. Yeah, it's romanticized, right? It's not. Mm-hmm. No one is saying doing a startup is a better job than doing 
yeah. whatever else, right? It's, it's just, it's just the, there's yeah. certain types of people who like yeah. doing this stuff. Yeah. Like those people just yeah. happen to be a little bit more high profile when it comes to building their own success because yeah. they have to self-promote and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just love it when you can just go out every day and yeah. you meet people and you can say what you want. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, I, I love that. I mean, that's, that's freedom. So I think that's the... Mm-hmm without waffling on too much. That's, that, that is the highlight of, uh, for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Right, well, thank you guys so much for uh, answering very much in depth uh, all of our questions on how to build a startup. Too much. Yeah. Oh no! It's like three to five minutes per question. <laughs> <laughs> we went oh, over I, thought, more. I thought that was for her to ask the question. Uh, <laughs> 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 it was being really slowly. Uh, but, um, but yes, uh, let us know in the comments down below if you have any more questions that we haven't covered already. And yeah, stay safe and hope you have a wonderful weekend.